Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're also on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for nothing but net. You'll find us there every night at 7 p.m. Also, my new show on OnsideRadio.com every day from 10 to 12. New segment. This should be interesting. Every Thursday, Ira Winderman of the South Florida Sun Sentinel, I used to work with and also against, will be with me from 1030 to 11 a.m. every Thursday on OnsideRadio.com. Also, check out 5ReasonSports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, ReasonSports.com for all of your free South Florida sports content also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network we've been promoting this a lot for nfl but you know they do nba too and it's a lot of fun and they're going to be adding soon single stats where you can basically decide whether you think in for instance a game jimmy butler actually plays whether or not he's going to go say over 23 points or under 23 points pair him with other players and then try to win it's prizepicks.com prizepicks.com use the promo code five for all kinds of great bonuses they got terrific promotions but make sure you use that code one of their promotions is you get 100 percent match on your first deposit up to a hundred bucks prize picks truly is daily fantasy simplified. You can make these picks literally on your phone in like two minutes. And then it gives you more interest in actually watching the game. This is the place to go for your daily fantasy. It's prizepicks.com, The promo code five NBA NFL and everything else. And now tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to five on the floor. A daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome into the latest episode of Five on the Floor. Today's floor plan, I am your host, Greg Sylvander, uh, joined by Alex Toledo. No Ethan Skolnick. He has the night off um, enjoying uh, some sort of festivities elsewhere. Uh, but he missed a great game. Um, so t- tonight, our really our objective is to kind of break down what happened in Philadelphia. Uh, the Miami Heat lost 137-134 in OT. Um, obviously, there was a ton of drama surrounding the team as it relates to COVID and missing players, and there was a skeleton crew out there tonight. And, uh, and I think there was some good and there was some bad from the game in terms of uh, what we can take from it going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but where I, kind of where I want to start is Gabe Vincent. I feel like this was a game where uh, we saw some things from him that maybe we didn't know that we, that we could. And I'm interested, Alex, to hear your perspective on what you saw from Gabe Vincent tonight. I mean, he balled out, man. They really gave him, they really gave him the leash out there. Obviously, they only had, what, eight guys available? So it's not like they had a lot of other options, but they really gave him a shot to prove himself out there. And he did. He went nine of 20. You know, he took a whole lot of threes. He went four of 12. But he was just out there looking like a, you know, a functional guard. Right. And I'm not saying he was handling the offense the whole time, but he was just really capable, I think, of kind of making the right reason, kind of being just a really, really good fit for what they were doing on offense. I mean, 
they were missing their three best players and they were able to replicate a lot of what they do on offense because of the, the guys that they still had left out there, specifically the amount of shooting that they had. And Gabe Vincent is one of them. Like, I think he did exactly what kind of we've been wanting to see out of Kendrick Nunn this whole time where he just kind of, you know, he'll go and float into a pull-up when it's there. He'll take the threes when it's there, you know, just making simple little reads. I thought he had a really great game. Yeah, I mean, the box score obviously doesn't jump off the page when you look at Gabe Vincent, but I felt like the kind of offense that he provided the team was something that they had to have, like you say. I mean, they got 56 three-point shots up, which is huge. And, uh, you know, led by guys like, uh, you know, Duncan Robinson was 6 of 14. Uh, Gabe Vincent, as you mentioned, was 4 of 12. Uh, but you also got 3 of 9 out of Tyler Hero, 3 of 9 out of, out of Kelly Olynyk. Um, you know, two of six out of Max Strews. So they got the three-point shooting necessary. Um, and then the guy who really kind of stepped up as the game went on, I felt like it was uh, like he started to find his groove as we went along throughout the game and really rounded out into one of his better games of the season, um, you know, even though there was the six turnovers. And that's Tyler Hero. I mean, I think we got to mm-hmm. give him his credit here. Uh, 12 of 26, 34 points. Uh, essentially was cast with having to create everything um, basically for this team on offense. And, uh, and he, and he came through, I mean, in a shorthanded kind of situation, when you look at what Ben Simmons did tonight, uh, I think you could clearly say, not that you're necessarily matching those two guys up, but from an impact perspective, hero was a better player tonight. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Ben Simmons looking at the box score now, he only ended up taking two shots in the 32 minutes he was out there which is obviously we know he, he impacts the game in a bunch of other ways, but I thought that was funny. Meanwhile, you've got Tyler Hero, like you said, doing everything for the Heat's offense on a team missing their three best players. He went 12 of 26, which, you know, it's not exactly 50%, but it's right under it. And, and like, I thought he played really great. Like, he obviously still gets on the boards there with the seven rebounds. He was able to really come through and give them what they needed, not only in the fourth quarter, but also in overtime, where it's just like, well, is Tyler going to be able to – kind of create something for you every time. And I know it's not Tyler, like, isoing into a jumper, but he's doing the bulk of their creation, I feel like. Even if the ball is moving a lot and guys are screening, I think he has the a lot of the dribbling responsibility there and, and shot creation responsibility. And he was able to just keep it firing and keep it going and keep finding good looks. He didn't play a perfect game by any means, like you said, with the turnovers. But, my God, is that kid confident, man. And the Sixers have some really, really, really good defenders out there. And they're not all matched up, matched up against Hero all the time. But I, I was just really impressed, man. Like, he continues to be that confident type of guy. What, what he's doing around the rim, too, like, that that really jumps out at me is that he is learning that teams are thinking of him as a as a long-distance guy and kind of like a shooter and, and kind of, um, you know, with all his array of moves and, and, and footwork – he's learning that he has to actually get to the cup and finish. And, um, and we're seeing more and more of that. And I think Shout that's out to those just, eight free throw attempts, by the way, right there. I mean, that's huge. That's the kind of stuff that separates. I mean, I know Dwayne always talked about early in his career, what separated him um, was that ability to get to the free throw line. Um, so just as we kind of transition away from the guards and the wings, um, I wanted to touch on precious Achua a little bit because you know, for a 35-minute game to get 17 and 13 um, and to know that we have a young player um, in the pipeline that has the capability in a matchup against Joel Embiid, and we're going to talk about kind of how he got torched on one end, but at least offensively, he appears to be productive. And I just um, – I think that in, in a situation like this where he was forced to play big minutes – 
it, it's nothing but encouraging to see him play as well as he did. And um, I, I just don't know. Uh, eventually, I think that they got to try the Bam and Precious thing, Alex, right? Like that, that has to happen at some point. I don't know, man. I'm not sure. It doesn't feel like we're headed towards there yet just because they've obviously we've only seen them play one minute together so far this season. It just seems like we're not there yet. I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. And I've said in previous pods, I would like to see that with, you know, three shooters on the floor, whether it be, you know, Goran, Tyler, Duncan, something like that with those two guys. I think that would be really interesting, you know, just kind of setting the two of them up at the elbow and just seeing what happens. And, you know, maybe you have Precious rolling to the rim. But regardless, I – I thought Precious had an up and down game today, but I was still pretty positive about it. Like I, I obviously he went seven for ten. The guy just has a crazy motor with the rebounding. Where as much as the size advantage Embiid has, which was, you know, extremely obvious throughout <laughs> multiple points throughout this game, that there's a huge size advantage there. Precious just keeps going. He just keeps going, looking for the rebounds, going for the loose balls. The guy is everywhere, and I think like. One of the things that's prob- probably, for me, the most intriguing thing about him is his defensive potential. You know, we've talked multiple times about whether he can switch out onto other guys, being able to guard fives really well, fours really well, threes really well, whenever he's given the opportunity. And we could talk about the Embiid matchup because I thought he did a good job as far as actually trying to stick to that game plan of, you know, packing the paint. But, man, it w- there's only so much he can do. Like, he had a couple yeah. of defensive lapses on there that, that were his fault. But I feel like for the most part, like, he pretty much did what he could, right? Yeah, no, he just went up against the monster. I mean, this is the thing with Joel Embiid. Like, when you see him play the way he did tonight, that's what um, – like, when you look around the league, there's only, like, three or four or five guys that can do the kind of stuff that he did tonight. And the way that he does it and as dominant as he is, um, I, I really think that that's, like, the upside with Joel Embiid that is so intriguing. Um, uh, you know, when Heat fans, like, just – We've talked about in the past, you know, like, would you trade Bam for Joel Embiid? And the argument is made is that Embiid can do this kind of stuff from an offensive perspective because he had everything going. He didn't have the three-point shot going, but basically everything else. Um, I thought he was particularly active defensively. Um, Go ahead, Alex. No, I mean, I was just going to say also with the jumper, like, Precious did a good job trying to, you know, absorb that contact so Precious couldn't drive, and then you would see him take that little – step back mid-range jumper that he loves to take and I think that was a good sign again from Precious that he just kind of kept them out of the block as much as he could but again there's only so much we could, he can do when you know he's getting into that and look I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a question here would Joel Embiid have done this with Bam you know matched up on him 30-35 minutes a game I wouldn't think so but I, I do agree that Embiid is still that type of talent like I think to in my opinion Jokic is the best center in the league and then right after that it's to me it's between uh, Embiid and Bam. I would probably give the edge to Embiid just because he's more of a complete, uh, you know, offensive player. Like, he's just got so many more years ahead of him as far as the the skills. And I don't think Bam is there yet. But I do think this would have been a different game if it wasn't just Precious and Silva guarding Embiid the whole time. I, I, I do love the effort from the whole team defensively, though. Like, they really stuck to that game plan really, really well. Like, they look like a veteran team out there on defense, even though they did give up 137. I just thought that they really stuck to the game plan well once they figured out to, you know, really trap and beat inside the arc. Yeah. And um, another thing that jumped out to me was um, that this was the second time in a row. So we're going back to the Celtics game and now this game that a small white player that I did not know existed prior to the game beginning 
um, hit a dagger of a shot. So I wanted to at least acknowledge this person. Um, Is he their Dakota, Max Struess? Right? <laughs> um, he, he's their Max Struess. D- Dakota Matthias, how do you say his last name? Do you, I think they or, said Dakota Matthias. Matthias, there we go. Point guard, number 33. He hit a huge shot late. Uh, I think it was the only shot he hit. I'm not looking at the box score now, but I'm pretty sure it was. And, uh, and that was a backbreaker. And he missed both free throws. Right, exactly. So that, that, that was a tough scene. I, I was interested to watch um, Maxie, the kid out of Kentucky. I thought that he had some up and down moments. But uh, mm-hmm. overall, um, I, I kind of liked what I saw from him. Eight assists, one turnover. Um, so I, I think that there was some, you know, the Danny Green, of course, nine threes. We should have expected that going in. Did he hit nine threes total in the finals? Because I feel like we haven't seen him do it in a while to the Heat. Right. It's like he's he's coming back to haunt us. And the, the, this was kind of the thing with this game is that I, I just don't think that we can get too up in arms with the result. Like they lost by three. It was in overtime. They're shorthanded. They're on the road. There's all this COVID concerns. You're missing all your top players. So ultimately, like everything that comes from this game, other than obviously the loss in the standings, is, is pretty positive from my perspective. You're getting young guys run. Um, so so. I guess the Sixers from, had their two best players. They did. They did. So I, I think that there's some good stuff that they can take from this uh, particular game. And um, after the break, we're going to get into uh, one of those things that's going, going forward. We'll get back to our episode in a second, but first I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors, another of the local sponsors of the five reasons sports network support South Florida. And you're supporting us. His, his name is Mark Brown, M A R C. Brown PA, this is real estate litigation and transaction law. It's a commercial and residential firm. Here's the big thing. They got a full service attorney owned title company. That's right, right there in house. $295 closing fee on all refinances and purchases when mentioning five reasons. That's right, $295 closing fee on all refinances and purchases when mentioning five reasons. They handle evictions for landlords and tenants and they offer flat fee evictions. Practicing for nearly 15 years, the best way to reach him, you can call the office at 954-566-5678, 954-566-5678. The website is markbrownpa.com, M-A-R-C brownpa.com, or you can email Mark directly. Great guy. Run into him at Dolphins games when you can actually go to Dolphins games, M-A-R-C at M-A-R-C brownpa.com. And now back to the episode. Okay, back here on five on the floor. Um, so let's spend a little bit of time slandering Ben Simmons because why the hell are we going to do a Philly Miami podcast and not spend a little bit of time doing that? So, uh, Buddy got outplayed by Gabe Vincent. Uh, we're going to go ahead and put that out there. Uh, five points, two of two. I mean, 12 assists. Yeah, that's great. But six turnovers. So we're not loving that two to one assist to turnover ratio. Um, oh, I'm I- loving it. Uh, he fouled out. I mean, like, no matter what, even though as as good as Embiid looked and Danny Green hit those shots that he did, and, and I know that they're missing guys, and, and, and ultimately, like, until you see Tobias and Seth Curry, this isn't an, a complete team, and the Heat were incomplete as well. But just looking at, at what Embiid and Simmons look like together as a duo, I, I still don't know how this Philly thing is going to really work. Yes, the record is good, and I think it'll continue to be good, but I don't see that as, as being a fit that's going to work. Yeah, man. I still think, like, like we said in, in, in other podcasts, like the team makes a little bit more sense now with what they're trying to do, but ultimately they're just trying to fit together <laughs> like two guys that 
just don't work that well together. And I think, like, you can win games with it, but it just seems like a team that's always going to be limited, especially in the playoffs. Like, once again, we saw something that doesn't happen too much in the regular season. The Spo put on a complete defensive game plan for a guy, and you could do it versus Embiid because they don't have that many shooters that can actually kill you. And when you get a game like tonight, what you, what you got from uh, Danny Green, it still didn't look like that great. Like, you would think that's when the Embiid and Simmons thing would look just awesome. I mean, Simmons was a pretty much a non-factor. Like, he obviously, like I said, impacts the game in other ways. He'll get you 12 or 6. He's a great rebounder, great defender. But he could just really find a way to feel like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was playing. And I still think it's going to be a weird fit for them, especially in the playoffs. Like, I think a lot of teams are still going to be able to really, really, you know, cover the pain on defense and force those other guys to shoot because Danny Green's not going to hit three, th- uh, nine threes every game. And by the way, he took 21. <laughs> which is which is definitely ridiculous. It's not going to happen in every in every game. But I also wanted to ask you about how you felt about the Heat in the fourth quarter and overtime because I thought they looked really competent and and poised in that end. Yeah, no, I, I did too. I, I really didn't walk away from this game feeling very negative. I mean, there were moments obviously where they could have seized the the game and. and and closed it out and and there were moments that you know they gave up opportunities but ultimately I felt like they made plays down the stretch uh the execution was good when you you know are taking into consideration the young guys that are having to make decisions um players that have not been put in the positions that they are uh you know like coming through I mean even the Chris Silva minutes like uh, uh, this is it's gonna sound funny but like you you didn't have any other big body to go to go against Embiid and for him to come in and get eight rebounds and four assists at least he was active he Um, tries he really tries um so I mean I felt like down the stretch they they did the best they could Precious had to check back in when when Silva fouled out and uh you know you do as good a job as you can but um I I don't really know like this is, and it's funny, you've kind of beat me to the punch about what I was going to ask you as we close up here is like, what adjustments would you make in this unique scenario where you're playing the same exact team, which um, by all indications, we're not going to get any additions to the roster on either side, I don't think. So I think it's going to be the same cast of characters when they play again. And so I'm interested, like, did did anything jump off the page to you as an adjustment that maybe the Heat could make, that Spolstra could make, that the team could make, um, that would that they would do differently? Because as, as I kind of scan over the box score but also think back through the game, I kind of feel like uh, every avenue was exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much feel the same. Like, I think with the guys that you do have out there, they pretty much played the formula to, you know, 100%, like as much as they could. The, the guys that you have out there lends to, you know – Precious being the screener and everybody else facing the floor, Tyler handling, and you're just going to get a bunch of threes off. You know, they took 56 threes, and we know this team likes to shoot, but it's obviously just even more of an emphasis with the guys that they have out there. And then you talk about uh, what they did on defense and the game plan. I think they upped it a little bit starting around the second quarter. Uh, I think maybe if they were to just stick to it a little little bit more on defense to Embiid and just really denying him the ball and not even ever letting him get the one-on-one. But even that, that's like nitpicking stuff, and that's stuff that usually gets thrown out in the playoffs. I just think it's really tough for Precious and Silva, who who really are trying their asses off of against Embiid, but it's just a mismatch. It just is. Like, Precious is really strong for a rookie, but he doesn't compare to Embiid, right? And I think that's the type of stuff where, yeah, you're going to have to send help every time because the one-on-one matchup is either going to lend to free throws. And, you know, Precious got some stops when it was one-on-one. There was a couple impressive ones there. But it's just a gamble that you don't want to take. I just, I just think they're going to need another three-point explosion, 
another game where, you know, their defensive intensity is as high as it was tonight. And hopefully the ball bounces their way this time and they don't get beat by Dakota Matthias and uh, nine Danny Green threes. Right. And, you know, maybe. Shout out to Duncan Robinson, by the way. We haven't even talked about him. I thought he was awesome in this game. Like, he looked great. Yeah, I know. You know what? We're going to take a couple seconds and just go through this because 45 minutes, like, to rely on him for a full game is huge because that means that he was, you know, like, uh, you know, like, I know you kind of had to play him no matter what, but at least he was holding his, 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 uh, his own on the defensive end, 26 points, 8 of 18. I mean, he he didn't do much else, but he he really did what you had to have him do, and that's shoot six for, for 14 from three. Um, so, yes, Duncan Robinson was definitely one of the players of the game, and you're going to need it again. Like, I don't really see a road to them getting a victory against this team without pretty much this same game plan. Uh, maybe they could shoot a little bit better from three and run Philly off the line a little bit more. Uh, but free throw, sh- free throw shooting was equal. Rebounding was relatively equal. I mean, they were out rebounded by six. So there, there's not a ton, there's not a ton to clean up. Yeah. So I I feel like it's going to be another Herculean effort that they're going to need. And and another 34 to Tyler Hero sounds like a tough task. So I'm not Tyler feeling Duncan, man. Both coming through like big shot after big shot. Like it was great to see them. Because how, how many wins do you think if this if this was our starting lineup for the rest of the season, and barring no injuries, how many games do you think this team could win that started tonight? This starting lineup? Yeah. You, you mean like over a regular eighty-two game season? Yeah, like Precious is your center with mm-hmm. Olenek, and then you got Hero and, and Vincent in the backcourt, and Gabe <laughs> and Duncan as your three. How many games do you win? Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know that. I, we might have to figure that. I mean, we might get that, man. Who knows? The, the rest of the season could get really weird. I hope it's not too long. I, I did have a lot of fun with this game. Just an absolutely roller coaster game. So, you know what, man? I'm not opposed to it. That team tried their asses off. Like, they really wanted this game. And I thought they were going to win it, too. If it wasn't for a couple, <laughs> that one Tyler Hero turnover at the end of the fourth. Like, there was just so many moments in this game. I, I've already lost. Like, I can't keep track of all of it, of how we got to the end. Because there was just, like, I feel like the the lead changed or, or got tied like eight different times at the end, you know, between beginning the end of the uh, the last minute of the fourth and then through overtime. Like it was just unbelievable. I, I thought they really, really competed their asses off out there. Back and forth, back and forth. And uh, we will be back with you again uh, with another episode coming soon. Uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, hopefully next time you hear us, we'll be talking about a Miami Heat victory. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network.